swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of blood scrolls simon's quest the drawing earl rock shoes to earth clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. You can look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, five stars, send money, partial to women. Let's get it going. Send your Bitcoin. Uh, send your Bitcoin. Send your, send your Virgil Abloh off-white Nike crossover kicks, size 11 and a half, trying to get those Jordan 5s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also go on over to Twitter. My Control Issues is the handle. And hop on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos from time to time. Got a couple couple little treats up there for you right now a little amuse bouche until we can really get into until we get into the main course so you know just just wet your whistle cleanse your palate and we'll hit you with that flavor in due time amc what's going on oh doing good a dub a lot going on um life's been good on a personal level um there we go you got your you know, cat back <laughs> Uh, yes, got my cat back. As you heard in the last episode, there there might have been a quick break in me coming back and a little out of breath and happy, and that was because Killer was found mid episode, and then I got to enjoy a full week with Killer and A Dub. I got to say, I miss that little bastard. Um, he d- all the bites, all yeah. the scratches. Yeah, he, uh, he puked in the bed twice this week, and both times, like I was annoyed, but I said to Marissa, I was like, it's either this or he could have stayed lost. And then she's like, yeah, I guess we'll just deal with him puking in the bed, I guess. <laughs> it's either this or no cat. Yeah. <laughs> this is when you say you want a cat, this is part of being a cat owner is him puking in the you bed. You know, tell the truth. You missed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the little acts of service that we, that we give to each other that yeah. makes, that makes even the bad times seem well. Well, that's what they say. Uh, Part of happiness is being able to humble yourself and put yourself in service of somebody else. Before the Lord? Uh, anybody. <laughs> it could be your spouse. It could be your Lord. It could be, could be that cloud in the sky. <laughs> yeah. But humble yourself. Look inside yourself and realize, hey, you're not special. Nobody is. Treat everybody the same. Yeah. Be nice. Um, on, so on top of that, I, as you know, I have the Disney Plus app. I watched The Mandalorian, but um, I had actually already watched it. And so this one being that I purchased ha- tickets for Hamilton for December, and the way COVID went, they just canceled my tickets already for December. Um, and so did they cancel your money back. <laughs> yeah, they did cancel that money back. And, and then that's uh, the processing fee, of course. 
yeah, I imagine that they probably held on to whatever Ticketmaster uh, human sale. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> do you hear about like Wayfair, like selling humans or something like that? Oh, somebody, God. Somebody tried thing. to push that bullshit. Anyways, yeah. So, um, yeah. So because my tickets got canceled, I have Disney Plus, I ended up watching Hamilton uh, starting Friday. It is very long, eh, Dan? So starting Friday, and then we kind of marathon through Hamilton. It's three hours, so that's technically just a long movie, but I can mm-hmm. only handle like maybe an hour and a half or something. But watch Hamilton, and it is everything that um, has been built up. I'll, I'll say that much. I was like watching really? it. Really? Like, this thing is actually pretty amazing. Like there's usually things don't live up to that hype. There was um, one of the ones recently is I, I, I think actually – no, no, I watched it last year. Uh, I watched Avatar, and mm-hmm. Rosa had been saying like, "Oh, Avatar is the greatest thing ever." We obviously knows know how well it's sold in the yeah. theaters. I watched it; it was a good movie, but I was just a couple <laughs> years like removed because the big thing about that were the graphics. And so, I mean, you've seen the Avengers movies at this point, yeah. and after I'm, Endgame, it's like, what's <laughs> what are you really doing? <laughs> yeah, like I, I look at Thanos, and I don't even think about the fact that like. It's just a, a dude that they CG'd up. Like, I just, a big green dude that's not the Hulk. Yeah, it's just a character on the screen when I'm watching it. Um, and yeah, so Hamilton, though, lives up to the billing, I'll say, uh, the hype. Just because uh, when you're watching it, you're just like, wow, this is the music is incredible. And then you're just thinking the entire time, like, a dude wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's so dense lyrically. And lyrically, because it's like obviously based around like, based off of like hip hop. And so they're just rapping through everything and it's all like rhyming, like even like the little parts where they talk, which is very little that that has its rhymes. The asides. Yeah. But it's, it's just fucking dudes rapping and it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's a, a wink and a nod to like just hip hop heads with like some of the song, the song selections, I'll say like the background music. And um, yeah, it's a, uh, and it's also what I liked about it is that it's not, it doesn't feel like watered down art in order to appeal to a mainstream audience. Like it Mm -hmm. feels like it's true to the form while also doing something different by embracing hip hop culture and also being what seems to be historically accurate for not, not visually obviously, because I'm I'm pretty sure there are some, it's it's pretty much, it's a completely diverse cast. So you know that there are a lot of white people in there that were being played by diverse actors, by uh, Mm -hmm. people of color I'll say. Um, but it still feels like you're getting some knowledge from it. And it's not just a complete like shit show of um, taking liberties with uh, historical, historical accuracies. So yeah, there's, there's a lot going on and it's really good. And, um, besides me, though, well, it's, oh, yeah, well, it's one thing to, it's one thing for all the praise that you see, like universally heralded as one of the greatest things ever, but it's another thing when you get the AMC stamp of approval. Yes. That's when you know it's something legit that you got to check out. So I'll find some way to get a viewing of Hamilton going on. But as far as me, what's going on with me? What have I been doing? What have I been playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, just working, you know, to, again, staying disciplined. I know I sound like a broken record. Just telling you guys the same updates all the time, but I'm a simple man. I don't need much. Just give me my video games. Let me work out a little bit. Give me some good food and leave me alone. I'll be fine. So yeah, just work. I got to wash my car 
just the dirt. It's it's embarrassing at this point. And, <laughs> and that's not me. That's not how I roll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything, like um, tying it back into gaming, like uh, a thing with COVID is life is very, life was always routine, but now it's extremely routine because our settings aren't changing like how they used to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about- You like, can't just get a change of pace whenever you want it. Yeah, and so it's all about like just setting up that gameplay loop for life in order to at least be happy in your current situation. And so like as you're saying, like you might sound like a broken record, but you're trying to maintain a good loop and that good loop is doing a little drawing, working out, and these things that like help maintain your sanity. <laughs> yeah, I finished reading a brief history of time and I need to start the universe in a nutshell. So that's good. I've officially caught up to I've officially finished every book that I've started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's good. Now I'm back in that free agent territory where like every book is a new adventure. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. But a dub, what have you been playing? You know what I've been playing, and I've been playing the hell out of it for this past week. Ghost of Sushima. Yes. It's it's outstanding. I and I'm I'm never short of things to do when I'm in transit from where I was to where I need to be to do something new. There's usually things happening. There's usually stuff that's off the beaten paths that catches my attention and brings me in. There's usually some shift in the time of day or some shift in the ambient weather conditions that produces some gorgeously natural effects that I got to take a moment, pull out the photo mode, capture a picture of. I mean, I got, I have tons of pictures. I got, I got videos of my encounters and my duels where I perform at my, my highest output is I've unlocked all the stances. I'm filling in all the, all the tech trees. I have a laundry list of cosmetic items. I, I found like, dye merchants to get me additional colors i'm unlocking new armors all that and i'm still probably about two-thirds of the way through act two depending on what happens when i finish this last story mission that's available to me so i'm pushing the game forward but i'm dumping just tens of hours into exploring every square inch of this island chain and just enjoying what sucker punch is put together because the main story is one thing, but the side content itself carries a similar level of quality. So it never feels like you're just playing side content. It feels like you're really digging into the world of Tsushima and not only doing things that are meaningful and impactful, but also you're saving your people. Because as you know, you play as the lord of the Sakai clan, you are Jin Sakai. And yeah, man, you gotta step up. It's it's time to take the fight to the Mongols. You gotta pick up tactics, techniques, gadgets, assemble allies, but you also have to go through the land of Tsushima and dispense justice where it's necessary. So I'm very much enjoying that. I'm getting more at home with the combat and the mechanics, as I probably told you guys last week, it seems like the the windows of when you have time to react against the unblockable attacks are shorter than they are in a game like Sekiro or Jedi Fallen Order, because they usually give you a blatant warning 
at like the beginning or before that attack even starts and you have a solid second to decide in your head am i going to am i going to dodge am i going to jump am i going to try to parry with ghost of tsushima you're getting these warnings first of all they're tiny they're like a little glint of colored light like like that anime glint when the when the when the guy does something cool and he looks back with the smile and you see the glint off the teeth or the glint off the eye, like that kind of glint. <laughs> so there's a red one and a blue one. The red one, you better get the hell out of the way. The blue one, you need to get the hell out of the way or you could parry it and try to turn it around on the enemy. So the problem is that that glint comes at the start of the animation or after the animation has already started. So that's, that's technically what makes the window shorter. And then to compound that issue, a lot of the unblockable attacks look unique and you can memorize how they sound as well as how they look when they're starting in order to be able to give yourself more time to react. However, there are some unblockable attacks that look just like regular attacks and you get the warning late. So you, you find yourself having to wait until the enemy is pretty much got you dead to rights and try to do some last second evade of some sort, which can go in your favor, but you know, it's, it's a guessing game. I get caught way more often than I get it, which is a problem. So I'm getting better. Some duels I'll get into, I'll tear a dude up in like one try, two tries. But then sometimes they throw them at you and it, it takes half a dozen times. The game's asking me if I want to quit. <laughs> I'm like, nah, we're doing this. Oh, man. Overall, I'm just completely enamored with this game. Personally, I told you guys before, like, personally, it's my game of the year. But the more I play and the more I experience, I'm starting to think that objectively it might be the best game of the year. But we'll see how those discussions go. We'll see if Cyberpunk does what it's supposed to do. We'll see if it gets into consideration, given that it's coming out in November, so it might be a little too late. I don't know. Or, or might have that recency bias. <laughs> might have that recency <laughs> bias. Might have that that CD Project Red chilling. <laughs> but other than that, I'm, I'm having a blast. This was the right game at the right time. I've wanted this for over a lifetime, and I'm glad I have it. Sucker Punch did an outstanding job. AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, I'll keep this short and simple. It has not been Ghost of Tsushima. Um, it's actually what? it's been Octopath Traveler. Yeah, so just Monday woke up. I had that like free time to go play a video game. It was it was going to be Ghost of Tsushima, and then I just saw the switch and I was like, eh, let me just do a little leveling in Octopath. Like, let me just get my guys a little bit stronger so I can go back to that boss fight. The one that I had like pretty much decided that I was like not going to do for about a day and a half. Um, and then so yeah, I go, I start doing that grinding, leveling up my characters, and then all the stuff that was annoying me ended up being things that drew me towards the game more which was like at, so when i first realized all right i'm gonna have to build up my second squad then like as i'm playing and leveling them up i'm like ah, you know what like pair this character with this job title give him these uh give him this equipment min max this get the defense right there focus uh -huh. on unlocking these abilities for him uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, i just started like doing that with each of the characters and then next thing you know a week 
passes and all I've done oh, is, wow. <laughs> is play Octopath. It's yeah, leveled up my characters, got them to the point, then it's like, all right, well, let's go get the equipment so I can go into this boss fight. And as I go through the world, um, buying equipment, then I notice that when I'm talking to the NPCs that um, when I go to steal from them, where it would have been, say, like a 30% chance of being able to steal an item, it's now 100% because I've leveled up the characters so much. And so it's just like, oh, I'm just go to this guy, steal, 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 go to that guy, steal, steal, steal. And so, and what I learned is that the NPCs have the uh, the strongest weapons on them. So the things that you can't purchase through the store uh, are actually stronger than the options available at the store. And so with that, the game is so, it loads so fast and the world isn't that big when you think about it. There's only so many, um, there's, there's enough. There's about like 30 different locations, but you can kind of move through it pretty quickly. And when you're not dealing with like the probabilities because everything is 100%, I'm just going around <laughs> and I'm stealing all the items and then just then um, getting my character stronger at the same time. So I went through the entire game just going through stealing items and interrogating people and getting information on the side so that... I can then do a side quest as I'm traveling from place to place that I never finished in order to unlock other items that um, I could get through the side quest. And so now at this point, I have all the nets so I can start upgrading stats and then I have, I have the equipment that I need. So yeah, now it's time to just move in for the boss fight. So that's what this week is going to be all about. Seeing that, seeing if, if I'm at the level that I need to be because now I have the equipment and also do I have the... Um, the builds that I need for the proper chemistry to go into uh, this boss fight. So yeah, um, there's a lot going into this because I got my ass handed to me in that first round, but I think this time it might be a little different. So um, we'll see what happens next week. There we go. But a dub. Let's get into the topics of the week. Topics of the week. week. So we have a big one, um, but I want to, I want to start with, um, a continued narrative just because um something that you brought up a game that we've been playing goes to tsushima um we've seen the the reaction from the community all the images shared all the gameplay footage shared and so um we got some news so what, what you got a well what i got is that Ghost of Tsushima is doing quite well for itself. I know we had the narrative coming into the game that The Last of Us 2 was going was gonna to crowd out the sales. It's going to swallow Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> nah, not this Samurai Warrior. Rising from the ashes, cutting its way from the belly of the beast. Nah, Ghost of Tsushima is doing quite well. In fact, very well as it is officially PS4's fastest-selling first-party original IP. Now, before that record was held by Horizon Zero Dawn, I believe it sold out, what, 2.6 million in a week? And then Ghost of Tsushima came out, did 2.4 million in three days. Damn. 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 Yes. So big ups to everybody who helped this game to succeed because it definitely deserves it a little bit of extra news that you might not be aware of the game is doing extremely well in japan to the point that it's being sold out physically so they're going to try to get some more copies out in that region to to help feed the demand and it's doing so well in japan that the islands of tsushima have partnered with sucker punch 
in some way to do tours of Tsushima to show people the real life locations from the game. That's absolutely amazing. That's a, yeah. that's really genius. I mean, obviously, right now, I don't, I don't know how they're um, handling Americans coming to Japan. I <laughs> don't think they are. <laughs> like most of the world right now, it wants nothing to do with this disease bag of a country. Yeah, but I guess uh, people, there's, there's obviously many countries play video games, so they'll welcome in maybe people from the UK, Germany, everywhere else but the US. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to come and see their their island which is uh, awesome i think that's great i love that to see that uh a location can recognize um the value of this this uh enthusiasm towards their location due to a video game and so why not embrace it mm-hmm. yeah it's outstanding and it's definitely a strong reason for someone like myself to go back to japan sooner rather than later and to go to a different area, like, you know, you go to Japan the first time you got to go to Tokyo, you got to go all the big places, but then it's like, oh shit, like I'm going to go. Now I have a reason to go to Tsushima <laughs> and then you might just fall in love with Tsushima. Who knows? Exactly. Oh man. And then the news of this doing so well is only amplified by the reality that this most likely guarantees a sequel. Uh, you're, we already know that it's going to be supported through backward compatibility on the PlayStation 5, so that's something you can carry with you going forward in the next gen. Overall, it's just it's coming up millhouse for this game. I love it. Yes, sir. All right, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. All right, so we got a big one here. Um, Xbox Series X Showcase. Uh, showcase. Is- this is the, I guess, the first party showcase. Uh, the last one was completely focused on third party games. This one um, having a couple first party exclusives um, and then a lot of games that are like, what is it, launch exclusive and then world like, premiere. Yeah, and then world premiere. So, yeah, get into the weeds exclusive. with all of that. But yeah, we have to get into the, uh, the games announced here. So, um, you know, we just we both have lists up, so we can run through anything that catches your eye. I start off with one. This is uh, this is this is an oldie but a goodie. Just an update on it. Ori in the Will of the Wisp. Yes, that smart delivery, 120 frames per second update <laughs> that was announced. What did you think of the way that they showed the performance difference when that came up? Uh, I I didn't really like. I I've never really good at when people show like something unless it's like i don't know like decades <laughs> in between yeah. the, the release of two games but for me i'm not really a graphics person so i never truly notice these things it's like oh shit okay there's ray tracing now all right <laughs> but i, I wouldn't <laughs> have the eye for it to, to be honest well they did a side-by-side comparison of like the current ori and then the new one just showing the difference in the frame rate but they slowed it down so much that even though the one on the right definitely looked like it was moving smoother, they were both moving so choppy. It was like, why would you do this at all? <laughs> it was just ridiculous to me. But it did it did make the point, and hopefully people saw that it made the point. I think they could have done that in a better way, but that's just me. However, yeah, pretty cool. Or you getting enhanced for your Xbox Series X, so you can look forward to that. What else you got, AMC? All right, keeping it moving. Um, we got so Outer Worlds getting DLC in getting September. DLC. Uh, so this is going to be called the Peril of Gorgon. <laughs> yeah. 
um, yeah, uh, it looked like basically more Outer Worlds. Uh, they there was a note on here, so this is kind of how an idea of how they'll be handling D- DLC when it comes to Game Pass. Uh, and this conference is all about Game Pass. That's if you read all the articles. Well, hold on, let me just say this. All right, so DLC it will be. It's uh, you have to actually purchase the DLC for Outer Worlds. It's uh, the base game is free on Game Pass, but the DLC you have to purchase it. But you'll get a, a discount for Game Pass members. I believe it's ten percent. Get that ten percent off. Yeah, um, uh, Outer Worlds game that did well. See more content. I'm sure the people who already own Outer Worlds will be excited for that. Uh, but yeah, this. So just to lay out, like this conference in general, uh, pretty much every game, and to the point where it had to be noted uh, which games didn't have Game Pass because the the conference and uh, the way people are breaking it down, like actually. Gamesindustry.biz had a really good article on it where it was just titled The Console War is Over. And it's like not by the standards that you would assume console wars really stand for, but it's just that if you look at the each of the console makers, what they're trying to do is completely different from what the other console makers uh, focus is or what their idea of success would be. And so you look at um, this conference, every game had game pass on it for the most part and the idea is that they're just basically advertising this service as much as it is about like the next box it's really just you can play these games on the one x or the series x and it'll just look a lot better on the series x but really what matters to you is that you'll be paying about 15 dollars a month and you'll have access to all these games when they come out day um day the day that it's released on the street so like it's the idea is like holy shit like uh when you think about like all the games that they have to offer it's pretty nuts um just from that vantage point when it comes to especially when gamers are always talking about value and like oh like these games are going to be 70 dollars now like i'm not going to be able to afford anything and then if you look at it where each and every one of these games is available for game pass it's like well actually if you're just paying 15 dollars a month you have access for everything that they have available here and so yeah if you see like orion will the wisps uh, that will be there with its smart delivery you'll have the base game of outer worlds and if you want the dlc you can purchase that we'll move on to the next game uh grounded um this is basically the that honey i shrunk the kids game uh also that, that rick moranis <laughs> exactly also developed by obsidian um and this game here it's so when you look at like these games you can look at it from multiple perspectives it's would i get this would i buy this but then if you look at it from a game pass perspective and what microsoft is trying to do they're trying to sell a service and their thing was um they specifically said that we're not trying to sell the console as like you need to get this console in order to buy these games. And that was the, one of the things that the article focused on was that PlayStation, they made the point that they want to be able to transfer people to the PS five at, at a rate that um, the PS four is like held on to. So they want that rate of people buying PS four consoles to then just shift over to them. People buying PS five consoles. Um, whereas Xbox, it's like, whatever you decide to play this on a, a tablet, a computer, um, Xbox series X, Xbox one X, whatever, uh, you'll have this available. And so then you see a game like grounded. And when you look at that, it's like, would I buy this? But if I had game pass, then you look at a game that's more comparable, which is sea of thieves. And this week, one of the storylines that came out around sea of thieves is that, um, 
it hit a 15 player 15 million player milestone i was about to say 15 sounds like a milestone yeah uh, a, fi- <laughs> a, a, 15, a 15 million player milestone and in june had a 3.3 million active player uh being its most active month from launch and i believe this game is about a year maybe two years old so, so all those sea of thieves haters they got some crow to eat yeah exactly and so you're looking at these games that are there for multiplayer live service to just have people hop in and out and enjoy their experiences that you can see the, the foundation that's been set by that and just shift that over to grounded. And you can see how this game could have its success or find success on game pass. Uh, do you have another game before I keep moving on? A dub. Got another game. Got a little my other game. Did you see the trailer for that game as dusk falls? Yes, I did. Very interesting. I mean, I don't believe that we've seen something representative of gameplay yet. However, I do like the tone and the atmosphere that it's going for. So it definitely has my attention. Uh, It's from a developer by the name of Interior Slash Night. They are a new studio headed by the former lead designer at Quantic Dream. Uh, As Dust Falls is an interactive drama spanning multiple generations set in the American Southwest focuses on how the mistakes of one generation pass on to the next and how two families trapped in a hostage situation grow over the subsequent decades. So very interesting premise. Uh, Quantic Dream, you know them as the makers of Heavy Rain, uh, Detroit Become Human, Beyond Two Souls, those kind of games. So maybe we did see something indicative of gameplay. Perhaps they're doing more of a, an illustrated kind of comic book style where they like just have the images and they kind of move and enlarge and you got your, your dialogue. Uh, but that one, that one looked pretty interesting to me. I liked the subject matter. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that one pans out. Let me throw the ball back to you, AMC. Uh, this is an oldie, but a goodie, just an update here. Uh, we saw a little bit of destiny too. Mm. Um, so this being here, um, Actually, this is pulled straight from GameSpot. Destiny 2 continues to get even bigger, and if you want an easier to, uh, an easier way to play, you'll have it soon on Xbox Game Pla- on Xbox Game Pass, uh, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and <laughs> via the cloud. The new version of the game on Xbox Series X will support 4K and 60 frames per second. The expansions will also all be available on Game Pass. So the expansions to date, and with that, they also showed uh, Destiny 2 Beyond the Light, which is an expansion that's coming uh, i believe uh november 10th um this the one of the big things here is that they showed a new ability that comes along with it which is called the stasis uh, it actually looks kind of like an ice ability where at one point he throws he throws let's just say like an energy orb whatever and it hits off a surface and creates like a platform for him to jump onto and then also uh he froze the enemies in a stasis and then was able to break that stasis. Uh, so it seems like they're, they're adding all these new abilities um, at least into the game with this expansion. So just another, another weapon to the arsenal uh, for, for the guardians. So just so that we're on the same page here with destiny Two, what they've done is they've allowed everyone to run around playing as may. Yeah, basically at this point. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's you know, like uh, we'll get into this when we see Halo, but you know, like every game now has 
that grappling hook and it's just like and yeah, Ghost was, of Tsushima Uncharted 4 <laughs> yeah and so I was like I was thinking I was like damn was Black Widow the first character I played this gin with like a grappling hook and in every game just like took that <laughs> you said Black Widow uh well, what's her name uh is it Widowmaker yeah yeah, Widowmaker. There you go. Widowmaker. She had uh, the grappling hook. The Doom Slayer got the grappling hook. Yeah, but I mean, how long ago did fucking uh, Overwatch come out? <laughs> and uh, Doom, yeah, Doom, Doom Eternal just got it this year. So like, it's just like, damn, like a, lo- a lot of like May uh, Widowmaker. Well, Bat- a lot Batman of Batman always had the grappling hook. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't know, I was just thinking a lot of those things like were kind of made popular fr- from a first person perspective from Overwatch and just got developed into other games. <laughs> Man. Amazing. So it's on me. Next item. You did that beyond light. We saw a we saw a lot of cinematic trailers for the show, so it's still kind of hard to gauge the overall quality of the presentation itself. However, some of the IPs they mentioned are existing. So we have an idea of what to get. One thing that's been talked about for a very long time is a sequel to the game Stalker. So we saw a trailer for Stalker 2 on Microsoft's event. I'm liking the subject matter. It's just going to be interesting to see where it goes. I mean, it's got a post-apocalyptic look, people walking around with gas masks and like PPE equipment on. So, you know, contemporary. And, it's just going to be interesting to see what kind of twists and things that they throw at us within that universe. I know that there's like monsters and such running around. It's very Metro-esque. I enjoyed the hell out of Metro Exodus. So looking forward to something else that's like that. Hopefully it's not third. I mean, not first person. So we'll see. I'm keeping an open mind. Even if it is, I'll probably give it a shot. What else you got? Uh, the gunk. <laughs> Let's get into the gunk. Um, so I think I might by- have missed that one. Uh, okay, this was developed by the creators of SteamWorld. The gunk was announced as an oh. Xbox console launch exclusive. Unlike some of the developers' previous games, this one is set in a fully 3D environment, and the titular gunk appears to be a collectible resource. The landscape can grow and change in an instant, but there are dangerous enemies that don't want you there. Um, yeah, this game... Looks- get off my lawn. Get off my gunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this game looked fun. Um, I'm always, like, a fan of the, the this style, like, these third-person games that um, kind of seem a little bit quirky. Uh, also, ones where you're actively changing your environment, and by doing that, also um, getting empowered by the environment. And so I, I am interested to see how, maybe as you're sucking up the gunk and and turning things back to what they were, how you're a- how you're able to then, um, I guess, turn that resource into a weapon or a way to upgrade your character. But yeah, yeah. that game looked uh, it looked interesting. So I did see this game and I was a little bit interested in it. I mean, I like the overall look of it. It does remind me of a number of games kind of mashed up into one thing. I mean, for one, for when I first saw it, I thought it was Record Two because it kind of has that aesthetic going on. At the same token, once they started sucking up all the gunk and stuff, I thought I was looking at, uh, what game is it? I thought I was looking at something similar to Rad, which I need to go back and finish. That's yes. also an awesome game. And then looking at the character designs, he's got the one big hand. Also, black character. We got to keep an eye on this one. Might have to get our Xbox Series Xs. They're pushing diversity and inclusion. We got to support the movement. 
Yeah, there was definitely there was definitely a lot of uh, diversity when it came to the, the the lead characters for their games. Yeah, but this one she's got the the big mechanical hand that rem- immediately reminds me a lot of Hob, which was yes. a game that you know not too many people got into, but it it did reach a lot of homes. It touched a lot of hearts. I enjoyed it a great deal. So it looks very interesting. I mean, I like the visuals. It's got an interesting perspective. I'm very interested to see what becomes of taking in all the gunk. They have gunk infected enemies looking forward to rebuilding the world and just seeing by and large what this game is all about. But these are the kind of games that, you know, PlayStation was really pushing all generation long. And that's what, help to maintain my enthusiasm and my attention when going to PS5 and looking at the new games that are coming out. So this is, I think personally, this is one of the stronger items that Microsoft has shown because it, it just means that they're getting back into the indie space, which they kind of started. If you remember your console history and then PlayStation just took the charge on that. Yeah, Nintendo like Xbox, got, Xbox arcade where people are getting yeah. all those indie games. Yeah. So they already had the formula. They knew where the, the new quality content was going to be coming from. It's just somewhere along the line, they stopped being the leader on that, but the gunk looks like they're, they're getting the eye back and they're starting to see where the talent is. So looking forward to this and also seeing more games like it somewhere down the line. Well, Bill, yeah, building on that point, it seems like it's just something in general, because I saw like PlayStation even said that like they're refocusing towards indies as well. And I would say even if if you look at it, like a lot of people are giving credit to the Switch and the success of the Switch with a lot of a lot of the indie games and how any developers who were saying that they released on other consoles were saying that new life was breath back uh, breathe back into their game because of people buying all these indie games on the switch and i think that that pushed the uh the bigger console developers to be like oh yeah that's right like this thing is still a thing and we should not like make sure we shouldn't get too far away from it um right another game that i was interested in Uh, again cg trailer however what i saw within that cg trailer suggests an interesting experience uh warhammer 40,000 dark tide so that was announced. It's a four-player co-op game set on the hive world of Tetrium. Players will have to work together to survive the hordes of enemies that assault them in the darkness of the far future when this game comes out next year. This is information coming from IGN, so pop on over there if you want to get more info. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. You got four people walking around. They're pretty heavily armed. I believe one of the characters looks closer to a Warhammer character with the with the big pauldrons and probably a flag on his back or something. I don't know, Warhammer stuff. But yeah, that stuff is cool. They're walking around. There's just waves of creatures in front of them. I don't think any combat started. Again, CG trailer, but it's just to give you an idea that you're going to be a four-man squad working cooperatively through these seemingly impossible circumstances, Warhammer style. So that's something to look out for. I'll be keeping an eye on it. AMC, what else are you going to be keeping an eye on? Uh, we got Everwild, uh, so this coming by way of GameSpot. Whereas Everwild was also shown during the pre- presentation, and it looks to be a tranquil and unique game with a gorgeous color scheme. Enormous creatures roam the world, but they don't appear to be hostile, or at least not all of them are. Some of these, some of these creatures are, appear to be on the brink of death, and humans work to revive them. So this is a game um, I was watching with 
Marissa and her first thought was, I'd totally watch this. Like if it was like a movie or whatever. And it, it had a, it, had, it has a completely, completely beautiful aesthetic. Um, the, the creatures, the design in the creatures is really what um, draws you in uh, just because they all looked very unique, somewhat similar, but very different as far as like, uh, like deers and I don't know, like bears, but then uh, also unique in their own way. So it, it had a feel of like Pokemon where it seems like a world where you want to explore and meet the, all the wildlife that they have to offer. And all we saw, because once again, CG trailer um, is you see these characters three a couple characters all together do a ritual and it seemed seemingly bring this deer that was on the verge of death um back to back to full health uh and so you're reviving these creatures as you go out into the world and uh from what the developer said it's all about um these people having understanding the connectedness of nature and taking advantage of that with their magical abilities to then um i guess bring things to their balance and uh and help things heal and so this just looked like an interesting game because as of late yeah we've seen a lot of those monster hunter style of games but um not one where you're actively going out and just fighting everything out in the wild and this one this one seems to be have a different take on that um appeal of those games so i'm interested to see more of what this game has to offer once we actually get some gameplay there yeah, I was looking at Everwild. This caught my eye more than anything else that was shown in the showcase. Personally, this is my game to show for Microsoft, so I'm definitely hoping that they that this one really lands. Because even though the trailer doesn't seem to show gameplay, this stuff appears to all be in-engine. So what I'm hoping is that the actual gameplay experience is fairly close to what they showed. I'm liking the way the animals move. I like the things that the characters can do when they're having their forest rituals and summoning forest gods and that kind of stuff, laying in the water, communing with the, with the water life, the aquatic life. Yeah. A game like this makes you look at, like when you look at like the landscape of games and how some people get really focused on graphics. And for me, it's when I look at things, it's, always about art style and as you mentioned i, I was that was at the uh i want to call it dust till dawn but uh what was the game called the dust till what the fuck um where it looks like uh where is oh. it i'll find it yeah yeah you're discussing as it, dusk right? falls as dust falls yeah like just seeing different art styles in games like that's where i immediately get like pulled in where it's like oh like they're doing something different here and this game just has like a very flowing art style that look completely beautiful and right there enough is enough to like make me want to look into what this game has to offer once you get some gameplay out there what you got to do what i got what i got uh well i'll hit you with a couple short ones here i mean they showed off what forza motorsport's gonna look like on the series x it looks outstanding it has stoked my desire to get a driving experience back in my life so it might be jumping back in the drive club or trying to find a, a cheap xbox series x or excuse me xbox one x so i can at least play forza 7 in style um also they showed off a cinematic trailer for state of decay 3 and it did one of the coolest things i've ever seen done with a zombie oriented property in that it depicted an infected deer eating a wolf so <laughs> that very much drives home 
the seriousness of the circumstances that they're dealing with. And it's that kind of stuff I like to see when we're trying to like really convey how bad a zombie epidemic gets. When you kind of <laughs> when you have a herbivore eating a carnivore. <laughs> it's um, there's also Double Fine. We saw um, some gameplay from Psychonauts 2. It uh, looks to be a third-person platformer. Uh, we also learned that Jack Black is going to be doing some of the voicing in that game and yes. I guess the music, too, because he was singing as well. That, that Tenacious D? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's just Tenacious. I didn't see the D. But, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> the Tenacity. Yeah. <laughs> the Temerity. Tenacious yeah. D. I mean, this is uh, this is the second game, I believe, Jack Black. I, at least that I'm aware of that he's worked on. He did, uh, I believe, he worked on Brutal Legend before this. Brutal Legend, that's <laughs> right. Wasn't that like the kind of just metal like pigment? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and so uh, yeah, with uh, Psychonauts two. I mean, the gameplay itself just are automatically looked fun. Uh, like they're just showing like uh, you trying to get to the key and just how zany and wild the environment is as you're moving around it. And so, I mean, Double Fine has the pedigree of a, a ton of great games. And to see now that we're going to get another Psychonauts, uh, I'm actually, I want to see more from this game because as I mentioned, I believe it was in the PlayStation conference when I saw the new Big Little Little Big Planet. Um, I'm, I'm a sucker for... 3D platforming, so I, I can't wait to see more from this game. Personally, I could live without it. Awesome. Didn't look like the kind of thing I'd be into, but I'm not going to hate on it because there's nothing <laughs> to hate on. It's a game that other people <laughs> might enjoy, and that's that's more valuable to me than anything. It's just everybody being able to enjoy stuff. So, looking forward to your your thoughts and impressions as that game comes together and eventually hits shelves, hits digital storefronts. Okay, and before we so before we get to the big ones, um, there's a couple of ones that we can quickly gloss over. Uh, Obsidian had another game that they announced. This being Avowed. Oh no, uh, not another game. So this uh, this is supposed to be a expansive fantasy RPG. Looks to be in the first person perspective. We saw holding a sword and then doing some hand signs and drawing a spell. <laughs> yeah, it takes place in the same world as their Pillars of Eternity games, which were more RPG isometric affairs. So if you're a Pillars of Eternity fan, you'll understand what you're getting yourself into right away. Yes, sir. Um, and then just seeing if there's anything else before we get into Halo. What else you got to do? Well, I was thoroughly impressed by the Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis expansion. Trailer. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was I was hoping that got you too. Uh, yeah, you know me. Um, love a good japanese rpg but also it looks to be mmo <laughs> like everything's in the sci-fi numbers. the, the visuals numbers, the numbers oh, are there <laughs> and that combat system you played monster hunter world right no nah, i never played monster hunter world oh my god number one it should go without saying that monster hunter world was one of the most outstanding games of this generation and one of the one of the releases that helped put Capcom back on the map, got them back in good graces with gaming communities all over the internet. Uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 looks 
the combat to me looks very much like Monster Hunter, but again, sci-fi, knocking numbers out of them, beautiful visuals, wide open world. So this is something that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on. If you were to try to sell me on getting the Xbox Series X next generation, you'd have done a good job if you showed me this. So hats off to Microsoft for getting this content. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually an absolutely amazing trailer. Like a part of me is like sitting there, it's like, wait, so is this an old game? Because this game looks absolutely amazing. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I'm I'm definitely keeping an eye out there for that. Um, let's see. The uh, I believe there was just uh, Tetris Effect Connected, which is adding multiplayer now. This was, I believe, Giant Bob's game of the year at one point. So now it's getting multiplayer, and we saw the the success of um, was it Tetris. 99. Tetris 13, 99. Yeah, Tetris 99. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, more more Tetris. What can I say? You're gonna you're gonna do right. Uh, so let's get into it. A dub, the the big game here. Oh. Um, or at least the oh. games. Uh, so one, Halo Infinite. A dub. We we finally oh. saw some gameplay. People have been. People were basically saying, like, this conference is a waste of everybody's time if yeah. we do not get to see some Halo Infinite gameplay, and we got that. Uh, people were frothing at the bit. They needed it. This is the game that was going to put Xbox back in the competition. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, um, we finally see it, and um, it's awesome. I, I even like the way they open it, and I, I, I kind of hope that this is the way the game opens up you the player and that it had somewhat of a zelda feel where you're kind of just dropped off and you're not at all really told what to do other than he mentions that there are these gun turrets um that are a problem and so you might want to go and deal with them but other than that you're not being guided anywhere like it's just you open up your map you see key locations and you he starts looking around and it seems like he can go to most of the places that he's looking at and they talked about this game being open world and you wonder what that was going to be because I believe like in the, when they first announced Halo Infinite, it was, you saw like a third person, um, uh, Warthog driving and you're like, is this going to be third person? Is Halo going third person? What's the deal here? And then when oh, you, I wish. <laughs> you immediately see the gameplay. It's like, Oh no, this looks like Halo. And enough. In fact, that when you're first seeing the little bit with him driving in the Warthog, it's like, is this basically just Halo? Like, and then, yeah, and then as the combat continues to evolve in that little bit that we got, it's like, oh, this feels like Halo, but from a modern first-person shooter perspective. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, uh, bringing in an open world to like take off the handcuffs of a guided linear experience, it's like, oh, this is, this is an evolved version of Halo. It is yeah, you're, you're looking off in the distance with the knowledge that you can go wherever you see. So that's something that the Halo franchise has never had before. And personally, it's something that I've always wanted from a franchise like Halo that depicts in a a large-scale, long-term conflict between two intelligent races. So, yeah, it was fun in the linear interpretations of the game where it's like, okay, we got to do this. I'm going over there. I've done this. Now we need to do this. I'm going over there. I've done this. Instead, it's a situation where, like you said, you're plopped into this world and you have things that you can do, but you're not, you don't have anything that's telling you necessarily what to do. That's the kind of stuff I like. And hopefully doing things in different orders has different effects 
on the world itself as well as the war effort against the covenant so i'm looking forward to seeing what more halo infinite offers however what they showed off i'm all about they it looks like they recaptured the essence of the original halo combat evolved the first person shooter that proved to the world that you can do that kind of game on a console and give you a quality experience uh the guns have just an incredible amount of punch the enemies are just funny and slapsticky like not slapsticky but you know they're just running around with their heads cut off in certain instances (laughs) he's here the demon he's here (laughs) so yeah you're it it looks and it feels like halo it's got some it obviously has some of the tricks and the content from other games in the series. I mean, we've got a grappling hook now that not only allows you to traverse large distances, but you can also use it to close range against enemies and hit them with melee attacks. You can use it to pull objects towards yourself that you can then utilize against the enemy. So you've got some flexibility there and just seeing the whole experience, still keeping the two guns set up. You're going to be doing a lot of weapon swapping, which means you're going to have to get acquainted with, with different performance specs of different weapons but also that you know you're traversing this landscape and you're going to these locations you're defeating these enemies but you're also you're gathering intel and you're trying to better understand where you are as well as what you can do to turn the odds in your favor so that's something that i wanted for an extremely long time which i'm glad i'm seeing with halo infinite yeah and um it opens up the possibilities because this is only like just a short snippet of gameplay. And so like, yeah, we were discussing in pre-show. It's like usually open world games, they open up. And um, as you get more equipment, better equipment, it adds to your versatility um, and traversal, especially. And one of the things key to the Halo franchise is the Banshee. And so it's this idea you start out, you're just driving this warthog around, but at some point, if you can get a ship and then fly that ship anywhere on the map, like mm-hmm. what does that mean? Is there going to be like, then like you're going to be flying and all of a sudden you just run into a group of Banshees and you have like aerial combat as you're making your way to the next location. And so, and you get uh, shot down, you get dropped into a situation you don't know anything about. You got to find your way to through all those local objectives and then <laughs> try to yeah. find a way out and get back to what you're trying to do. Are there anti-aircraft guns? What are the things that are going to try to keep you gated and from progressing too far? Like what are gonna what are gonna be the gatekeepers? What are gonna be the things where if you have enough skill, you can bypass something that perhaps you haven't progressed progressed the game far enough to earn that access to. So it's going to be interesting to see people really dig into something like this. And we didn't even see like the, at least I didn't see like a a possible Cortana, like an AI that you might get later on in the game that then can also help as just a guide within the game, within the world of the game. Um, So there, it seems like it's a game that has a lot of potential in what little that we've seen. And for clearly what they were showing off there is, we have the gameplay down and now um, put your trust in our hands that we can then provide the rest of the experience that will be more than what we saw here in this little bit of a, this little bit of a gameplay loop. And yeah, so I I'm, I'm definitely, if anything in, in comparison to this and whatever the last Halo game was, I guess it was like Halo five or whatever. I'm something or other. Yeah. I'm definitely in a more 
positive space because the other one just looked like all right this looks like more halo like i almost had like the same reaction when i saw whatever the last gears was i was like oh this looks kind of like gears but um <laughs> gears is gears is done what gears is done like forever and so this seems like they're taking a note in that we need to take our games to new bounds but also at least try to um still appeal to the the core audience and i think that they've done pretty well with this one i'll say um and then the other announcement that being um and there are already rumors with this but now being official uh we have a new fable on the way this is developed by playground games who uh are famous for making uh, forza horizon so uh it'll be interesting to see what 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 a modern fable could possibly look like, and especially from people who made a Forza game, just like yeah, especially from people who haven't been making fable. So yeah. maybe, <laughs> so maybe, like no no disrespect to Lionhead or Peter Molyneux. Molyneux. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to them, but there's just like I don't know. I feel like Halo. I mean, not Halo. Mm-hmm. I feel like Fable was part of why that franchise was suffering was just that maybe creatively they got strangled. So it'll be interesting to see what a studio can do looking at all the best aspects from their pre from that previous work. And then also applying it with modern standards and sensibilities as well as like, what, what kind of artists are they going to have on that? It's the art direction and like the engine, the kind of gameplay mechanics. There's a lot of possibility that exists for, redoing fables so i'm excited to see if they'll like take it to a new height this time hopefully they don't just try to do the same thing that was already done i would really like to see fable taken to a new level perhaps take on a slightly more serious tone or you know just at least benefit from the example of big rpgs that we've had since fable made its run like i want to see the effect of the witcher on fable i want to see the effect of breath of the wild on fable i want to see the effect of a ghost of tsushima on fable i want to see the effect of the the combat system shared between fallen order sekiro and ghost of tsushima work its way into more games especially ones outside of a more japanese leaning setting so you got options there are plenty of ways they can take this they have plenty of time to work with it and all eyes are on them so i'm looking forward to seeing what playground can do with the fable ip yes sir um i mean yeah i think that covers it that the big one obviously being halo infinite they um they said that they 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 didn't showcase multiplayer but they plan to showcase um multiplayer at a later date so that'll be interesting to see if uh, what that will mean uh, death matches assumed uh, a lot of rocket launchers maybe just people shooting each other with pistols but then now with it being an open world game to see the possibility for uh co-op and what that could look like multiplayer wise um in this setting so I'm, I'm more interested from that perspective how they how they plan to if they plan to do anything with co-op and letting people jump into each other's worlds and as you explore and um you know just shoot people down (laughs) get somebody on the get somebody on the back of that warthog as you go for a ride hell yeah um yeah so i mean that was the event um some people they were excited some people were a little (laughs) less excited not so excited (laughs) and we got a few of those people for you yeah 
We got that troll of the week. Troll of the week. So as you can tell, people are coming sideways at the Microsoft conference. Hmm. Specifically, they're coming sideways at Halo Infinite. You would think new Halo, open world Halo, launch title, Xbox Series X. It's coming out this year. We've Get seen it on Game, Game Pass for 15 bucks. Get it on Game Pass. Every little Microsoft perk you could possibly imagine working in your benefits. <laughs> Suck it, haters. Play it on the cloud. <laughs> Play it on the cloud. Play it on a cloud. Do everything you want to do. <laughs> Some people are just not satisfied. First Troll says, really underwhelming graphically. <laughs> Next troll says Halo was very underwhelming. Man, those graphics look bad. Yeah. Next troll says massive disappointment considering how much Microsoft relies on this franchise. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> gotta get gotta get better crutches, Microsoft. Uh, Next troll says check out the amazing graphics of Halo Infinite. This will play amazing on the 360. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. Next show says, man, that gameplay and those graphics were straight up embarrassing. <laughs> Next show says, not a hater or anything. <laughs> but I'm about to hate. Uh, of course. <laughs> but that looks like current gen stuff to me. <laughs> Next show says, is this game running on an Xbox One? The graphics look awful. The gameplay looks Dated. Sure, I'll play it once it comes to Game Pass, <laughs> but it's not making me want the Series X, that's for sure. Diehard Xbox fans have to admit, this doesn't look good. If this was a new Sony IP, you'd be slamming it. Sure, sure. This game doesn't look good. I'll be there day one, but yeah. this game doesn't look good. But I'll be there day one, but yeah. this game doesn't look that good. <laughs> yeah. You just got to admit it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me see. Next show says this one. <laughs> it's a lot of them. Yeah. This was the most depressing demo I've ever seen. Xbox has a better chance selling their console if they never mention a Halo game again. How can a gameplay of a flagship Xbox exclusive look so boring and empty? Damn. Uh, next show says this looked awful poor facial animations pop in everywhere what the hell Microsoft this is why I'm against cross-gen games damn next show says so all these people who are talking about how they they want backwards compatibility uh-huh. they, they want their games to mean something next uh-huh. gen <laughs> now that I'm, I'm anti cross-gen <laughs> all this money I invested <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next show says, looked very generic, exclamation point. Graphically unimpressive. The lighting was not popping out like it should. Looked like zero ray tracing. Definitely not a next-gen looking game. This is supposed to be a system-selling game, and I was very disappointed. Next show says, that rumored half-a-billion budget and extra teraflops doesn't get you much, does it? (laughs) Damn. It's going after the flops. Don't go after the flops. Not the flops. Next show says, graphics were really unimpressive considering the engine was built ground up for Series X. Killzone Shadowfall looks more impressive, to be honest. Still looks fun, though. Anyone saying it looks like this just because it's a very early build will be disappointed as it will not look any better. (laughs) 
the game still looks impressive. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a it's the funny part to me is like people bringing up Killzone Shadowfall because they're two different games. Halo <laughs> Infinite is an open world game. I don't think a lot of folks are taking into consideration that this isn't a game where you're going through handcrafted levels and going through like precisely structured scenarios that are going to be the same every time. Like it's a huge world that takes place on the ring. I imagine you're going to be able to travel freely about the ring at some point, not the entire ring, but enough of the ring to satisfy the purposes of bringing to life that location. And like Killzone Shadowfall is just a linear level-based game. Uh, yeah, it looks amazing. It was a graphical showcase for the PlayStation 4 when it came out. But I mean, you're comparing you're comparing an apple to like a road. Like the, <laughs> the apple's nice, but the road is much it's much longer and it serves a different purpose. It has a lot more area to cover. So, you know, let's be serious here. Next troll says, when your next gen console seller looks worse than the current gen Destiny 2. <laughs> and the final troll says, with this, there is officially no reason to get an Xbox over a PlayStation 5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it's interesting to me because the the primary gripe shared between all these trolls is that Halo Infinite doesn't look next-gen because it doesn't have all these graphical bells and whistles that people use to justify their purchases. And I hate to break it to you guys, but graphics aren't everything. If you've been following control issues for the years that we've been bringing you this absolute heat of a show, then you'll know that we treasure gameplay over graphics and at least me personally, I feel like we've reached a level visually with video games that we don't really need to go that far beyond. Like sure. We have a lot of games that really show off what is possible visually and how much further we can still go at the same token. We also have a lot of games that show off exactly how far we've come in the gameplay space as well as how much further we can go if we just take a little bit of that visual budget and put it towards something more tangible like gameplay mechanics or different kinds of content or better performances or better writing. I mean, we're gushing over Ghost of Tsushima, which is a game that people are mentioning in the same breath as The Witcher 3 because of the quality of the side content coupled with the raw visual beauty of the world itself. So it goes to show you that it's not all about the visual aspect. And when you look at a game like Halo Infinite, you're seeing what is most assuredly a rock solid first person shooter experience. You're likely seeing it in one of the earliest stages that you can play the game in. Knowing that it's open world, you have to assume that not only is the game going to progress and things are going to evolve for the player, but because it's open world, that means the situations and circumstances within that world will also change on a large scale. So you aren't just going to get to the hard levels in Halo Infinite. You're going to get to the hard conditions that are going to plague 
that entire open world. So if you think you've seen everything Halo Infinite has to offer based off of this gameplay demo, I hate to break it to you, but you're putting the cart before the horse and you're not getting anywhere fast. You're There's still so much of it that we have to see, and we could take Ghost of Tsushima as an example of that because Sucker Punch was genius with their marketing. They showed us everything we needed to see and none of what would really spoil the game for us like you they didn't show us what it's like to move around and interact with people within a town setting they didn't really show us much in the way of random encounters and ambient events that happen within the world itself while you're navigating between two different objectives they didn't show us a lot of the different kinds of side content or a lot of the different kinds of collectibles they kept all that under wraps so that when the game finally did come out all of us are gushing over finding out just more of what you can do, more of what you can see, all the different kinds of experiences that they've set up for us to enjoy without us, you know, spoiling ourselves beforehand. So Halo Infinite has a lot of headroom to take us by surprise. If you're one of the people who's getting down on it based on the graphics or because it looks and plays like Halo, which is what you would want from Halo, I think you're setting yourself up for the biggest upset. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't put it any better. I think um, these dudes, they're focusing on the wrong thing. Um, and that's why they're focusing on that one thing because they don't have really much else. It, it, it's kind of just, it's just in line with everything that's revealed. It seems that people just see something and are just like, uh, I don't like this one thing, whether it's The Last of Us or, um, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, oh, it looks like Assassin's Creed. Like, they it doesn't like, look better than the best thing I've seen. <laughs> yeah, like it. It's basically they show you ten minutes of gameplay, and people assume that because of that ten minutes of gameplay, they understand everything that, that game is going to have to offer. And on top of that, how the game is going to feel once you get those controllers in your hands and you're actually navigating that world. So it's um. It's, it it kind of just points out the small-mindedness of some of these people that claim to have expert opinions. <laughs> yeah, so don't believe the hype when it comes to these people <laughs> mouthing off on the internet for no reason. Believe yourself. Believe what you can play. Believe what you can see. <laughs> so um, speaking of the small-mindedness of these trolls, uh, I have in the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Oh, we got some news from Ubisoft and how much their games are going to cost next gen. Uh, so, this coming by way of Twinfinite. During Ubisoft's investor call earlier today, CEO Yves Grimaud spoke to the pricing restructure of AAA games moving forward into next generation, specifically when questioned as to whether the price would increase in the immediate aftermath of the PS5 and Xbox Series X launches. They confirm they would remain at $60 for the holiday season. So uh, Ubisoft saying as of right now, their games are going to be $60. I know people assumed because 2K said that at the, um, at the launch of the, the next uh, 2K basketball game, NBA 2K, uh, the PS5 version is going to be $70, while the PS4 version is $60. Uh, Ubisoft confirming that their next-gen games are going to be $60, at least for this holiday season. So um, 
as of right now, there's definitely it's com- it's confirmed that not every developer has looked at this st- pricing structure that 2K has set up for one game and assumed that that's going to be their pricing structure. I know a lot of people when A Dub uh, I believe did the trolls for for this storyline when it initially launched, there was um, a lot of talk about collusion between the different developers in the industry as a whole and and, and setting price points. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, we're seeing that a lot of those theories are kind of falling to the wayside as uh, games are announced and we start to see the pre-orders available. <laughs> I mean, what what do you have to comment here on this? Uh, I mean, it just goes to show you that <laughs> you probably shouldn't <laughs> jump to far gone conclusions unless you yourself can see through the mist, which you can't, and that's why you missed. Uh, trolls just, uh, I. Why? What is this compulsion to be the person who predicts the downfall of gaming in, in one deaf move? Like, <laughs> first of all, it's ten dollars. Who cares? Is it really that big of a deal that you got to work for an extra hour to get that to get that game, or maybe you can't get the foot long sandwich? You know, just it's just money. You can make more money. Enjoy your games. It, at the same token, it also goes to show that the industry is not this monolith that moves as an individual unit. In, Just trying to know. make all the money in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't meet in some secret auditorium and decide how they're going to screw us each month. <laughs> they, they all have mass on EAs at the head of the table. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're all individual companies. They, they are within the same industry. Yes, they share information and ideas, but at the same token, they're all trying to survive in their own ways according to their own ideals and beliefs about the consumer player experience. So chill with all that noise let's just wait until the gym starts and see how things are priced because even all the bitching and moaning that you're doing today isn't going to change anything it's just going to make you look stupid and it's a it's funny because the people who complain about the conspiracies and collusion tend to be the ones that are conspiring and colluding and you look at like the gamers who complain and then next thing you know they're all talking to each other like so we're not going to day one this game we shouldn't support this game we all need to band together to do this thing against the industry like they're constantly conspiring against the industry because of conspiracy theories that they assume that the industry is conspiring against them <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of funny how it's like a snail eating uh, uh what is a snake eating its own tail situation <laughs> or roboros <laughs> yeah um do you have anything before we get out of here Adob? nah i've covered all my bases how about yes. yourself yeah it's everything i mean big week for xbox we'll have i'm sure a lot more information coming from sony and more xbox showcases down the line so this is this is literally just the beginning of um, what we plan to see when it comes to our fall lineup in next gen and what we can really expect so this is we're off to a good start i feel like absolutely well this is control issues Control issues. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.